You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having. But you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and on Facebook, facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Show your support for Real Men Feel by shopping at realmenfeel.org slash swag, by visiting digitaltipjar.com slash realmenfeel, or even text us a tip. You can show some love for Real Men Feel by texting Real Men Feel, that's all one word, to 504-226-5306. You'll receive a link back to complete your tip and choose the amount. This is a weekly program and your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. Uh, my co-host, Apia Hunter, cannot make it uh, with us today, but um, be that as it may, we are brought to you by the good folks at The Good Men Project. And again, I'm, I'm so excited uh, to be affiliated with them because there really is no better alignment that I could imagine for Real Men Feel. We are both all about conversations that most men aren't having and really need to have. And today is no exception. Um, my guest today is Don Westmoreland. She's an HR consultant, speaker, author, and podcaster focused on bullying and discrimination. She uses her 27 years experience in HR to help attorneys, mental health professionals, spiritual and religious leaders, employers, and employees with solutions to bullying and discrimination. And when, when I was first introduced to Dawn, you know, I've, I've heard of, usually men get the, the one end of bullying is all I hear about it. Like men are the bullies of the workplace and men are horrible and, you know, it, it's, it's all kind of their fault. But, yeah. but she told me something, you told me, Dawn, that nearly as many men as women experience bullying and discrimination in the workplace. Yeah, that's true, Andy. And I'd like to thank you for being on the show. And I'm a big supporter of the Good Men Project, too. Yeah, uh, men do get bullied almost as much. And, you know, I like to give credit where credit is due. The Workplace Bullying Institute put out some studies, did some research and put out some, uh, you know, poll information about men almost being bullied as much as women. And I can tell you some of the worst bullies I've ever experienced were women. Well, so that, I mean, that was another question. So if, if they're, if it's equal that they can both be um, victimized by bullying and discrimination, is it just as likely that men and women are, are bullies in the workplace as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, people can abuse their power because they're a supervisor or manager, or they could have a narcissistic personality and be a coworker. So, yeah, I mean, we have all kinds of people out there with different personalities, and some of them really enjoy having power over other people and mistreating them. They may not have empathy for the person. And oftentimes, too, and this is the Workplace Bullying Institute's comments, not my own, is a lot of the people who are bullied are considered kind and compassionate people, and they have empathy, they want to get along, but sometimes bullies see them as weak, you know, weaklings, and they go ahead and they target them. So the sort of same, is the same personality type, or I don't even know to call it, a, a, I, well, I'll call it a flaw, for lack of a better term, but the same kind of things that, that would make a, a, a childhood bully, you know, seek someone who's weak and, and be on the tack, that, that, that trait can just last all the way through adulthood? It, it really can, because, you know, I mean, as a child, I was, I was bullied myself, you know, I had been sexually abused as a child for many years, and so I had uh, absolutely zero confidence in myself, and so I put out that vibe or that energy that, you know, I was very victimized, and, and I was bullied quite a lot as, as a child, 
and, and it didn't feel good. So, you know, I grew up in kind of an overachiever. Some people, you know, go south and I kind of went north in the sense that, you know, I became overachieving, collecting degrees, always trying to prove myself. And then, you know, as I did gain confidence, because I'm retired from the Air Force and I spent 20 years in the Air Force. And as you said, Andy, I do have 27 years experience in human resources. You know, I, I became more empowered. I become stronger. I become resilient. And then I spoke up and I spoke up about illegal hiring practices in my former government job. And then I was bullied there. But at that time, it was not because I was weak. It was because I turned in a bunch of people for illegal practices, and that's why I was bullied then. Uh, so, so as an adult, your bullying happened after you spoke up. It, it wasn't something that, it wasn't the reason you spoke up. Well, it it was the reason why I spoke up because you know I was working in the federal government and with the background in human resources, I knew that the management was committing or performing prohibited personnel practices, and I'll explain that. You know, if you. If anybody's familiar with federal government, is uh, I was seeing what nepotism was going on, hiring a family and friends by management. That's illegal in the federal government. It happens all the time, and people don't know what to do about it. And then I saw where, you know, equal peers, one person would get trained for, a, you know, some kind of role, and they get a promotion later on. That's illegal. That's a prohibited personnel practice, for example, because it gives one person advantage. So I remember a lot of people following me to the bathroom, mostly women, and they would pull me aside and they said, Don, is this illegal? And I'm like, yes, it is. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? And uh, so I did speak up. I had a problem with it. You know, the last former job that I had, I've been an entrepreneur probably for, I guess, five, going on six years, you know, work for myself. But I remember one of the first things that I noticed in this job was there were only five black employees out of 500 employees. And I knew something was really wrong. And so, yeah, I spoke up and I received a lot of bullying, a lot of retaliation, a lot of harassment. Um, and is there an official definition or differentiation between bullying, harassment, discrimination, or are they, are there legal terms that, that make them different or is it all kind of come down to the same thing or how would you explain that? Well, you know, bullying could be, you know, just um, ignoring somebody, not, you know, holding, withholding information from them, you know, mistreating them. I mean, it could be physical, it could be mental, it could be laughing at them when they walk by in, in the cafeteria, for example, where discrimination, there's different, what they call protected classes. And if you were to go to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission website, and I'll give you that website, it's real simple. It's eeoc.gov. It breaks down the different discrimination protected classes. You know, we're talking about sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, LGBT disability, age discrimination, which is 40 years and older, and, you know, gender, and, and it has more. So that's, you know, discrimination. So bullying in the workplace, unfortunately, is not illegal. However, discrimination is. And what I, I know to be true, Andy, is that a lot of times when people bully, they also discriminate against that person. And so if you meet the guidelines, and you can go to the website I just provided, and you can also reach out to a counselor by getting a hold of that website and uh, call and you can get more clarification on it. So if you're being discriminated, for example, uh, once I spoke out, I have disabilities that are very invisible. I mean, you wouldn't know I'm disabled and I was denied a medical reasonable accommodation and this happens all the time, you know. So I filed a disability discrimination case and then I received retaliation, bad appraisal, they tried to fire me. And so this happens, I mean, this isn't just something that happened to me, this happens to other people too in the federal government. But even in the private sector, the same rules apply with discrimination. So if somebody, uh, they uh, allege discrimination charges with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission as a mouthful or the state level representative agency and they get any kind of retaliation, they have to re respond in 45 days with documented proof, substantiated proof that they've been discriminated. And then uh, most times in the end, and I'm not a lawyer, but I am you know, an HR consultant, I do work with attorneys. Most of the time when there's a settlement or a hearing, later on with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is the retaliation where people get settlement. Did that help you? 
Yeah, no, it really did a lot because, um, yeah, so really, so bullying is kind of just being mean, being a jerk. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. And, and discrimination is truly breaking laws that are set up to protect people. Right. And I want you to know there's some very good people out there and I'm familiar with in different states that they're trying to get laws passed to stop bullying in the workplace. I mean, to make it actually illegal. And I know that's got to be um, a great opportunity to spell out what is bullying because bullying can be so subtle. You know, it could be as simple as you walk in to a room and everybody ignores you, you know, that could be bullying. Right. Yeah. And when it gets to defining it, that's got to be one of the toughest things to decide is something coincidence is, you know, is, am I taking things too personally or am I really being bullied? And, you know, are people, are people plotting against me or am I paranoid or, you know, it, it, I, you know, it, it's got to get tough to, to deal with that, to, to, to go to work every day and not, not sure if you're being bullied or, you know, or if you're, if you're, yeah. If you're being bullied and kind of gotten used to it and you, you just put up with it, like when it blurs, when it went across the line and becomes something illegal, I, I bet most people aren't aware of it. Well, you know, that's that's why I decided, you know, to get out there and do advocacy. I realized, you know, my own experience and, and we've talked before. I shared, you know, after 18 months, even as a strong woman who served in the Air Force and grew up with seven brothers and stepbrothers, you know, I became tired. I was working 18 hour days, working my regular job, writing up my cases. I wrote up my entire case, my cases. It was all combined at the end. And I was tired. I was broken. I was tired of the harassment. And after 18 months, I passed out the first time. Second time I passed out, they finally said, we think it might be a good idea for you to spend a little time in the mental health ward. And by that time, Andy, I didn't care. I was like, I just wanted to feel safe. And I wanted, I wanted a break. I wanted a break from harassment. I mean, I've, I've worked with people that have been in the Marines and they, they've told me, these are clients. When I worked one-on-one -on -one with employees, oh, you can't break me. I can never be broken. Four months later, they're calling me crying. And everybody has a breaking point. Everybody, and after a matter of time and long-term harassment, everybody can you know be broken or just reduced to feeling victimized and yeah and i felt victimized and short story is you know i looked in the metal mirror the third day when i was allowed to have a shower and i i had a hate fest with myself and i said oh no you know you've never been a victim you, i mean you choosing to be a victim and you're your own worst bully and you know that was the epiphany i had and it, it didn't happen overnight i had to do a lot of personal growth and i had a mentor to help me move forward and i think anybody who's being bullied they've got to have a support team they've got to have somebody believing in them supporting them helping them mm -hmm. so was it so you mentioned being bullied as a child and then mm -hmm. the bullying experience in the job um, and you mentioned a military career. So <laughs> yeah. did, did you witness, experience bullying in the military as well? Yeah, I mean, I went in in uh, 1985 and I got out in 2005. When I went in 85, there were 11% women. When I got out, it was 22%. And uh, you know, there was bullying, definitely a, a abuse of power. I mean, you, I guess many of us have heard that saying you want to know how somebody acts give them power give them authority and see how they act so yeah there was uh, two severe bullying incidences in my career field and uh, led to major depression you know i was bullied uh, i won't go into all the great details but uh, bullying is bullying and i was things were so bad and i was harassed for so long that i ended up having major depression i didn't have a total meltdown but uh you know i was removed from my position and moved into another one and uh there's a lot of bullying i a lot of military people reach out to me because um and it's funny because you can go through the proper chains of you know reach out to the supervisor or whoever they tell you to but i've also noticed that sometimes i'm not saying the military is all this way but Sometimes things get swept under the rug because they just don't want to deal with it. They tell you to toughen up. And the craziest thing is that if you have a child in the military, is a mother, father, a loved one sometimes has more power than you do. And I remember my mother reaching out to the two-star general telling him, what are you going to do about my daughter's problem? Although that's been a year of standing up for myself and uh, you know and had all the right documentation everything dragged out but one <laughs> letter from my mother isn't that crazy my mother 
my mother saying, what are you going to do about my daughter's situation? Because things were horrific and I was getting death threats and stuff like that. And he responded so quickly because they don't want public media. So, uh, yeah, my mother, my mother was very powerful in that incident. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes a twisted bit of sense to me even that, you know, because I, I go back to thinking of kids and, you know, the, the biggest bully in the neighborhood as soon as a parent showed up, hey, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Everything's fine here. And then they turned into Eddie Haskell <laughs> yeah. or something, right? Yeah. yeah. It's funny that even, yeah, as you know, the most powerful man in charge of things, but when when confronted with a mother's energy, like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. What, what can I do for you? <laughs> you, uh, yeah. you, you, are powerful. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that should be a book. <laughs> ah! <laughs> there you go. You mentioned a term earlier that I want to go back to. I think you said a, a hate fest. Yes. Um, so I just love, I don't love that people have them, but I love when I hear yeah. some new way that people describe how they treat themselves. Could, so could you explain what, what your hate fest encompassed? Well, you know, you and I talked about this before and I slipped and I didn't say metal mirror because, you know, they're not going to have a glass mirror in the mental health ward. And I remember saying mental mirror. And I, oh, oh my gosh. I don't think I slipped. I think I really meant that because it was the first time in three days I got to see myself in a mirror before I got a shower because I was on all this heavy medication for anxiety, depression, you know, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say I was suicidal, but I was in bad shape. And so I'm looking at myself and uh, I didn't even look like myself. And I even have pictures. I kept pictures just so I could look back at them one day to see how far I've come. But my skin looks yellow. I have pur purple triangles under my eyes. And I look at myself and I'm like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate how weak you've become. You've always been tough. You've always been, you know, strong. Look at you. You're disgusting. I hate you. You know, we had that horrible hate fest going on. And, uh, and I don't know what happened. I softened up because I realized, my God, the psychiatrist that came in said, most people that experienced the level of harassment and the things that happened to me ha would have killed themselves or had a complete total breakdown. And um, they, I, I wouldn't say that's the part that gave me the epiphany, but I think it did assist on like, yeah, I have been through a lot. And it really doesn't matter what you've been through. I mean, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, it's the worst day of my life. My boss gave me a dirty look and I, kind of um, inside I laugh and I'm like, oh, that'd be a good day for me. But I get it. I get it. I understand where they're coming from. So after looking at myself, I, I said, damn it, I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I get it. I get it. And Andy was like a voice in my head said, you're meant to go through this. You're meant to experience this. You're meant to overcome to help other people. And I'm like, Am I hearing things? <laughs> I, know, I know I'm not on medication that would make me hallucinate, and, but I really had a strong feeling of it, and I realized that's the truth. That is what I know to be true, that I had to experience this because it's like, um, you know, if, if people believe in going to uh, AA meeting, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, are you going to listen to a person who's been in the mud and survived, and now they're a thriver? You know, he's a thriver now. Well, I've been through a lot of bullying all my life. I have felt the victimhood and, uh, you know, I've always been a, a very sensitive person. Today, I'm a very sensitive person, but a very resilient one. Mm. So, yeah, I had the aha moment. You don't have to be a victim. And when I had that, I, I told the psych psychiatrist, I'm ready to go. And they're like, well, we got to sit down and have a little interdisciplinary meeting. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. Yeah, after they talked to me and I said, okay, I had a little pity party and I was tired and 18 months of fighting, uh, standing up for myself, spending way too much time writing up my own cases, but I handed over in complete case to my attorney and that was what landed uh, me in the mental health board is working too much and definitely neglecting my self-care. I was horrible at it. Mm. <laughs> so, so the... The outcome of the hate fest was the epiphany, and that's that. So that's when you really made the conscious decision to start focusing on bullying and supporting people, and then, and this was your calling. I would not only call it my calling; I would call it my soul's purpose. I really got it. I I, I still didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I lost my home. My paycheck was illegally, you know, cut off. It affected all of my life. My 
outstanding credit went south. It changed everything. But uh, the best thing of all, I can say this today without any triggers, is that I have no malice, no hate toward the people, no malice uh, about the incident. It was part of the journey. It took me a while. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't sure. even happen in a year. I mean, it really took time and working on myself to let it go so that I don't get any triggers because, I mean, how, how could it help anybody else? I mean, how could it even go into a company and teach them, you know, how to have, a, you know, a sexual harassment-free environment, how to have a healthy, safe, respectful work environment if I got triggered all the time? <laughs> so, so, so let's go there a little bit. Um, when you go to an employer or, or an organization, you know, what is some of the, the basic advice you, you offer to help create an environment that, that's free of bullying and discrimination? For the employer or for the employee? The employers. Okay. If it's the employer, it, it really involves finding out, you know, what's going on in their workplace. I mean, if you walk in a workplace and you see a bunch of unhappy people, there's probably something going on. I mean, I've worked, I've been an employee most of my life and, uh, you know, in my 50s now. So last five years I've worked for myself, but you start noticing things and, um, you know, I trust my gut, I trust my intuition, and I, I'm so very sensitive that I pick up on the energy of the work environment. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, there's some unhappiness here. I mean, sure, it could be personal trauma, you know, something going on in somebody's life. You know, then you, then you talk to the leadership, and, you know, as an HR consultant, I want to know what kind of training are they doing, because if there is uh, discrimination, harassment, harassment like sexual harassment, such like that, that happens later on. And it's found out, uh, especially, you know, in a private company, corporation company, that there's no preventative training, then that person could be held liable litigation. And in the private sector, if you get sued, boy, that could take your company out, you know, I mean, especially if you're not a big company. Now it's mandatory that you have all this training in the federal agency, but all the time, you know, federal agency uh, management, uh, you, know, you have employees that, you know, act badly because unfortunately the average discrimination case brought to an EEOC hearing takes four to five years. So management knows that, um, coworkers may know that, that it takes so long and they continue harassing the person until they've run them off or made them miserable and they have serious health conditions and there's an exception to that though if you receive retaliation if an employee an employee could be also a manager too when i say employee i say it loosely so if somebody files discrimination and they get retaliation i'll give you an example okay all of a sudden they get fired unfairly fired uh they, sh they should have had a promotion they're passed over for a job they were qualified um, they get an evaluation that's not fair or something like that. There's so many ways you can retaliate against somebody. And if they file that, you know, within 45 calendar days to the case manager, then retaliated cases get bumped up. It's like going to the emergency room. You know, if you have a heart attack, you're going to be the first one to be seen by the doctor, you know, rather than if you stubbed your toe. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And... What about em employees, the end person, like say, uh, and especially for men, because I, yeah. it, 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 again, the the way men are judged and looked at, it's it's got to be harder to say I'm being bullied. And I'm I'm an adult man at work, and I feel like I'm being bullied and harassed. So, what wh what would you tell a, a guy going through that? Okay, I'll give you the run through. Okay, like I said earlier, I grew up with seven brothers and stepbrothers. I spent 20 years in the Air Force with a bunch of men. And so, you know, I really understand men very well. And I know we've conditioned, I say we because I'm a woman, you know, we have conditioned them from childhood to don't cry, you know, stay tough, don't, you know, don't share your feelings. And I would say, that's a bunch of crap, you know. You are entitled to feel your feelings. You're entitled to be angry. You're entitled to stand up for yourself. You're entitled to tell the truth. And if you don't, I do believe that internally it's going to affect your health, your mental or physical health. So what I say to you, if you're being bullied, one of the first things is, uh, depending on who that bully is, if you feel comfortable, you can talk to him or her and just say, you know, stop bullying. You know, I feel you're bullying me. Whatever's going on, describe it. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can do it by email. 
And let me back up and say, if you do talk to him, I'm a big, big fan. I always train people to do it by email because then you have an email trail. So you send an email to this, uh, whoever it is, if it's supervisor, coworker, whatever, and just say, you know, today you, you called me, uh, I'm just making this up, you know, a monkey in front of all my peers. And I did not like that. You know, I felt mistreated. So, you know, you kind of outline and spell it, whether or not he or she responds back. The thing is, is that you have it in the email. Okay. So if that stops the problem, great. Sometimes people don't realize how um, abrasive they can be. Okay, so if it doesn't stop, you know, everyone has different reporting instructions. You know, they may say, well, talk to your supervisor next, or they may say, um, reach out and, you know, talk to your human resources department. So whatever the protocols, the rules are, do that. And again, it's okay to talk to your supervisor, the human resources department, but always follow. <laughs> Uh -oh. All right. People you have some manners. All right. I'm going to kick all these people off. <laughs> I was in the Marines. Well, that was interesting. Um, I do believe that was the first cyber attack on Real Men Feel. Um, mm. And uh, first, I'm sorry, Don, that, that you were the. Uh, unlucky participant <laughs> during that um so i i, I yeah and, and i can't be sure of who that was um but since it was all fake names and anonymous people just flooding us with noise and porn um i'm gonna guess i'm gonna take an educated guess and say that it's uh, people from migtow which i've had a number of shows on and has gotten some bitter, angry people and some great people. I, I keep getting requests yeah. if more people want to talk about MGTOW, the MGTOW people want to be talked about, but um, with stunts like that, like, no, it's not going to happen. And um, it's actually rather fitting that, that yeah. again, that cyber attack happened while we're talking about bullying. Because yep. that was just, you know, bullying. That Those were ugh, gutless, anonymous human beings that are hiding out, thinking they're men and acting like babies. Um, <laughs> and that's not helping right. anybody get anywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> with that, you were talking about what to do um, if someone were to stand up to bullying at the workplace. And yeah. so, could you, do you recall where you were before you were I so rudely bullied? I do. And I want to say something first before I address that. You are doing a great job, Andy, because that's why they tried to sabotage you is you're doing good stuff to help men. And I'm so proud and I celebrate you. So anytime you have those disruptors that do things like that, you are doing a great job. So to answer your question, I was talking about, you know, reaching out to the supervisor, the HR, following the protocols, and you could talk to them and tell them what's going on, be very, very objective, try to, you know, keep your personal feelings out of it. I mean, just be very objective. This happened on this time. It's harassing. Maybe it's causing mental or physical pain or something like that. Address that with them. You can do it verbally. But I tell you, everybody that you talk to, turn around with an email, clarify, and just say, hey, you know, to the HR person or to the supervisor, hey, thanks for meeting with me today so I could discuss the bullying situation. Kind of clarify, spell it out, you know, uh, again. And the reason why you're doing, you're setting up an email trail. And yes, you are, you're definitely setting up a documentation trail because the thing is you could go back and write notes and say, well, I talked to the HR today and, you know, here's what the HR said. But if you write a clarifying email, thanks for seeing me talking about the bullying situation, describe the bullying situation. Um, if, if they give you a solution like, well, we'll move the bully to another department or move you to a different department, put that in the email that you're grateful, you'll have the opportunity to move or you're concerned that your uh, issue is not being addressed. And here's why you do that. Here's why you do email documentation because handwritten notes won't matter. They, uh, there's no attorney is going to want to take that on because it's not substantial proof. 
And when I settled two days before my hearing with the administrative judge, I settled off of pure documentation. And I had all these email trails where I reached out to you know, different management supervisors, went up to, as we call it, chain of command supervisory, you know, to the HR, reached out to everybody. And they mocked me and laughed at me. But uh, when I brought in an attorney at the very end to be my voice box, because I was exhausted, you know, I came out of the mental health ward, you know, he took everything and he's like, wow. I said, I know, I mean, kind of bragging a little bit, but it's my specialty. You know, when does an HR person uh, write up their whole case and the attorney just has to read it, you know? And, you know, so yeah, email documentation, very, very, very important. And so if you got fired, let's say you complained about being bullied and you got fired, then, you know, if you qualify, you might be able to get unemployment compensation, employment security office does that, if you qualify for it, you have to work too much time. And the thing is, sometimes the other side, you know, the employer might challenge it and say, oh, no, 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 you know, um, you know, um, Adam, I'm just making this name up, Adam was a bad boy, Adam was a bad boy, and that's why we let him go. And you have this email trail where you've reached out to the HR, the supervisor, whether or not they respond or not, Andy, the thing is, is you're showing that you reached out and you're saying you're having a problem. So also, you know, if you end up needing an attorney, hopefully it doesn't have to go to litigation, but if that's what it takes to stand up for yourself, an attorney is more likely to offer you a contingency and contingency, if you're not sure, you know, what the listeners know what a contingency is, is where, like, the attorney may say, I'll agree to contingency that I get 30% of the settlement or outcome, okay? They may ask for, you know, some administrative fees for making copies and things like that. And uh, so, and I, and I like contingencies, you know, because, you know, the attorney has skin in the game and, you know, I mean, they obviously are making a money there it's a business for them mm -hmm. so documentation can give you a better outcome it can definitely lead to a better outcome and let me just say quickly about witnesses i don't care if somebody saw it if they think they're going to get fired and maybe like they're a year from retiring or something like that uh, most attorneys want solid documentation i know this because i work with attorneys they want solid proof and that email trail will save the day it will definitely be helpful witnesses get scared and they also change their story mm. and they forget. <laughs> yeah. And then, and for witnesses, but also primarily for the, the person speaking up, uh, what do you say to people about who, who fear retaliation for, for speaking up? Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'll give you myself as an example. I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm a peaceful, uh, easygoing person, very respected. And I knew as soon as I, I reported my supervisor's management, and I reported quite a few people because I, I caught on what was going on with the hiring, the illegal hiring and, and gotten the bullying. I knew I was going to get retaliated against. And so I don't know what the percentage is. It's probably, you know, a possibility. It's pretty high. Uh, I know every everybody's worked in the federal government that I, I'm aware of has gotten some kind of retaliation. So you have to pick your battles. Is it worth it? You know, uh, I've known people, oh my gosh, I only have a few years to retire. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose this opportunity, you know, to, to get retirement. You have to decide. And there's nothing shameful, nothing at all. I mean, I've had the most wonderful, sensitive men that are so kind, compassionate, decent human beings come to me and they said, I can't take it anymore. It's just tearing me apart. And I, I, I said, what are your solutions? You know, I mean, can you move to another job? can you transfer to another place so, you know there's so so many options and you know i mean i've become an entrepreneur so um i give thanks to the bullies because you know i i wouldn't be who i am today if i did not get that experience of being bullying but it can be very hard on everybody and everybody has different filters that they look at life at you know i mean like I was saying earlier, some people, oh my gosh, the supervisor gave me a dirty look. Oh, it's the end of the world, you know. And 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 I mean, I get it. I get it. It's it's hard on them. And uh, then the next person, it takes a whole lot. Like it took eighteen months for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, after all the things that happened to me, um, I just it wore me down. It wore me down, and I refused to go back there after the mental health ward. I'm like, I am not going back. You know, but I'm holding you accountable. So 
if you think that you're going to get retaliated or well even if you don't know you got to make that decision go forward or become an entrepreneur find another job or stay silent mm. You've got to have a support team. And when I say that, you know, you may want to talk to an attorney. You want to maybe talk to an HR consultant uh, outside of your department. I mean, outside of where you work, because a lot of times they're part of management too. And get some sound advice. You may need mental health care. I'm a big, big advocate for mental health care. And I know you are too. I know working around psychiatrists that one out of four people have mental health issues and there's no shame in getting mental health care. And, you know, I remember being in the mental health uh, ward and people that came in, the, the folks that did the janitor work, and I worked in HR. I was in the uh, VA hospital, and they recognized me, and I'm like, yes, you're seeing me. I'm in the mental health ward, and I'm good with it, so I hope you're good with it. If you're not, so well, you know. So, so is it, and like everything in life, there, there's no fine line. It, it's when to decide to speak up, to, to file a complaint, to send that email, it's, it's just gonna be different for each person. I, I totally agree, I absolutely agree. You know, I mean, you know, how, how do I explain it? You know, I mean, I'm very, very sensitive to people's needs, I'm very empathetic to people. You know, I, I grew up in a humanitarian family, but there's a part of me also, you know, when I was in the Air Force, they called me the ice queen because I just carried myself with, uh, I was very proud and formal, and that was what kept me out of trouble uh, from being harassed by men and such, and uh, and women, let's face it, because women also harass women. And, uh, you know, it took a while to take the arm off, but it's different for each and every person. They have to decide, is this a battle I want to choose or do I want to move on to a better job or start my own uh, business? It is a real unique choice. Do you have any experience um, assisting men who are reporting a female superior for whatever issue? Because I, I imagine that has another degree of um, trouble to be believed by other people. Yeah, absolutely. When I was working uh, with my clients, I was working only with employees. And now, you know, I'm racking, wrapping up with my last employee and we'll only go out and do consulting in companies. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Women can really be abusive, abrasive. And whoever calls them the weaker sex, I disagree. <laughs> I mean, they can be very obnoxious, very abrasive. They can take advantage of men. I've seen it happen, and I've seen men just literally, you know, come unglued by it. And it, it, is there any advice you can give to people, you know, that no one believes me? They've 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 sent the email, or you know, the company's HR person is just, you know, mm -hmm. keep quiet, it'll go away, kind of. What, what, what's the next step? Okay, so like I was saying before, bullying is not illegal, unfortunately, but discrimination is. And I would encourage people to go to that website. I'll repeat it one more time. It's eeoc.gov for Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And you can see the different protected classes. Again, you know, a lot of times people are bullied, they're discriminated against, you know? And so they can file an EEO, and if there's any kind of retaliation, they report it to the case manager assigned to them. And, you know, and they might have to, with, you know, stand the the storm that comes ahead if there is retaliation. But they keep reporting it. They keep reporting it, and uh, they seek. I highly suggest mental health care if needed. And uh, you know, I can tell you in the past, I know one person who saw a priest for help, and I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, that the only thing is a priest cannot diagnose anxiety, cannot diagnose uh, depression. You can't sleep at night. The physical conditions that are changing in your body because you're so stressed out, especially long-term stress. So I remember I kept encouraging this client, um, yes, that's great, see a priest, see a mentor, you know, a spiritual leader, whoever you want to, but please, you know, for your sake, to be able to claim duress, you have to see somebody who's qualified to diagnose that, and it's usually a mental health professional provider. So it's really important, and it's really important for that provider to tie in that you are going through retaliation, you're being bullied since you filed the EEO case. And the reason why you do that is if the uh, mental health professional was just sitting there saying, well, 
Tom's having a hard time at work. He's very stressed at work. You know, he's having, he can't sleep at night. He has all the stress. He has all this depression, but that doesn't tie back to the person filing EEO charges for discrimination because maybe they're over 40 or, or they're gay or a person that's transgender. And a lot of, even mental health professionals, I've worked and trained them and they're just blown away. They're like, oh, I didn't know that. I said, well, here's what happens. Uh, you know, if you end up going to a hearing, of course, a civil court case, and the other side, the other attorneys is probably going to come back. Yeah, work is stressful. Oh, but we know that Tom was going through a divorce. Of course he was stressed out. So you never, you know, you make sure everything is solid. It ties back to EEO. Does that make a whole lot of sense? Yep. yep it's so it. simple, but people don't realize it. And mental health professionals have to be aware if they really want to help their people and empower them. Sure, they do so much to help them and, you know, validating their concerns. But if they're documenting the all the mental health stress that's going on with them, they have to tie it back to he filed an EEO case. He's now getting retaliation. And every time that that mental health provider is rec making records that, again, tying it back to the EEO charges and such. And, and he can also, you know, I mean, the provider can also say that the person's being bullied because sometimes the, the employee can ask for workers' compensation for stress. Um, I mean, hey, I know people who have actually gone to the media and didn't even go the EEO route, and they got a fair outcome. So I won't use any names or anything like that. But it's important to have everything solidly documented so that you have a possibility of having a good outcome. Have, have individuals or, or companies that have recognized individuals ever come to you when they realize they're the aggressor, the, the bullier, the harasser, and, and come to you for uh, help or advice on how to deal with that? I've not... <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't usually no. self-identify and ask for help? No? <laughs> no, I've never had anybody come and say, I'm a bully. But what I have had is, oh, my goodness, we need you. Oh, goodness. We had an employee talk about a woman's breast. Oh, my God, we're worried about being sued. You know, because our private sector, you know, a company owner can lose his entire business litigation, duress charges, things like that. Uh, in the federal government, it's the taxpayer's money. It doesn't come out of who bullied you in the federal government. They'll do a settlement, they'll offer a settlement, you know, but the thing is, it doesn't come out of their pocket. But in private sector, it could destroy, ruin the reputation of that company financially and embarrass them. And it can also embarrass the federal agency, but again, the big difference where the money comes from and serious, serious time in being interviewed, being investigated in derogatories, admissions, paperwork. It is a absolute administrative nightmare for the person who files the charges at times and for the person on the other end, you know, if it's employer. But I wish more people would come forward and say, we, we have a bullying problem and I'm the bully. Yeah. So, so, so it sounds like in corporate America, in modern day society, however you want to wrap it up, the thing that drives companies or organizations to want to be free of bullying is just fear of lawsuits. That's probably one of the biggest um, concerns with corporations, private sector, because you hear about these million dollar suits, you know, $300,000 duress, you know, people getting that money. I mean, think about it, $300,000, 1 million, unless you're a really, really big corporation, you know, that could shut you down, have a big impact on the bottom line. So, and tie you up for years with this litigation because they're not quick and they're not easy. Yeah. So it, it's not, Oh, I guess I'm I'm hopeful of the situation where because it's the right thing we're doing this, but no, it's really because we don't want to get sued and lose everything. We're gonna have someone come in and give us eight better HR training and make sure we uh, we treat each other with respect. Yeah, I mean, if they get a litigation suit and it's found out by the EEOC they've not done training. Like I said earlier, 
the employer can really get in a lot of trouble and you don't want to get in trouble with the EEOC because it's going to be in the archives. <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing for the company. And it's going to be embarrassing for the people who work there. I mean, they're not going to want to say, I work at XYZ company and just had this horrible lawsuit. You know, how embarrassing because, you know, you don't want your company in the news. You absolutely don't. Cool. So, so you host a podcast called the Empowered Whist the Empowered Whistleblower. I do. What sort of topics do you do you cover in your show? Well, you know that's the name of my first book. And when I decided and it was asked to do a podcast with my friend Krista Walker, she does Mental Health News Radio. There's about thirty podcasters under her under Mental Health News. I remember the day she contacted me and we said we need a strong woman to talk about bullying discrimination. I laughed and I said, okay, I'll do it. And so the subject matter is about bullying and discrimination, but in a very, very broad sense. I mean, we talk about uh, solutions for children who are being bullied in schools, people in the workplace. I bring on what I'll just um, categorize as healers. We talk about resiliency. I uh, brought on employment attorneys. I brought on people who've been their own worst bullies. I've interviewed Erin Brockovich. She's out there doing advocacy where people are bullying, you know, the people with that water. So it's very broad. If I can have anybody that can bring inspiration, empowerment, maybe a, a bullying story where somebody's not only survived but thrived. So anything that's a resource, empowerment to help people. And this is also for employers too. You know, if there's a company that's doing things right, you know, those those are the kind of people I definitely want to celebrate and interview. And also, you know, talk about their books, their events and, you know, bring healthy, safe work and school environments out to the public. Cool. And and now in your consultant work, consultancy work, you, you no longer deal with individuals. You now only work with, with corporations, with, with employers. Well, I'm finishing up my last play, excuse me, case with an attorney. I basically wrote and documented the whole entire case from the beginning to the end. And uh, that gets very expensive. And uh, the, you know, the employee made extra, you know, extra money, I should say, or made really good money. So after, after this one, I am only going to do consulting, podcasting, getting my second book out there, which is very comprehensive about solutions to workplace bullying. It is directly intended for employees. Uh, but in fairness, you know, I'm also going to write about how um, companies can also stand up to bullying and solutions because it's only fair. I know that there are good managers and supervisors that want healthy and safe environments. And what happens, Andy, is... The supervisors don't document up the information correctly, and then they get lawsuits because they fire the person. And so I think it's important on both sides that we all work together so that we can, you know, feel safe. And people, you know, the night before they have to go to work, they're not having a stomach ache or headache because they're like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to work. Oh, I hate my job. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You know, cool. that's my advocacy, and that's my mission. That's my work. Excellent. Excellent. And it's unfortunately much needed yeah you know i wish i wasn't needed i mean isn't that terrible to say but you know but i'm very happy and i understand this is my life soul's work to help people you know help employees employers children and adults and bring us all together so we can make the place a better world excellent excellent so what's the best way for people to get in touch with you to learn more about you well, everything's on my website, workplacebullingsupport.com. You'll be able to link on to the Empowered Whistleblower podcast, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio and, and just put in the Empowered Whistleblower, and it'll have information about my book, all my social media and such, and how to contact me. Excellent, excellent. And uh, wherever you're listening to, to this podcast, or if you're watching it on YouTube or anywhere else, um, go to the show notes at Goodman Project or realmenfeel.org, and we'll have links to all the... Uh, various ways you can connect with Dawn and check out her podcast and books and uh, keep yourself from being bullied and know what to do about it. And, yeah. if, you, and if you discover you are the bully, you do something about that too. And <laughs> Watch out bullies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you self-identify, right? but I mean, I can own, like I, I definitely have bullied people. Um, you know, I think, you know, if every human has at some point, 
I, I, I have to agree. You know, there's been times I've been a little too assertive with people. Uh, you know, they might have needed, you know, me to be a little assertive with them. But I think we all have the capacity to be kind, empathetic, compassionate. But, you know, we are humans. Sometimes we can be, you know, have a little bully in us. Um, I'm not perfect. And, you know, but I try to be more mindful of the words that come out of my mouth and how I behave with everyone. And and it go that I mean to go back to one of your your first pieces of advice if if no one addresses you know the 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 small infractions or hey you you realize how harsh you're coming off or whatever it may be like oh then then you know uh, I can't know that so yeah I think it's important to speak up and uh, you know to speak up tell the person you know that you know, you want to get along with them, especially if they're a coworker. I mean, it's easier to work with them, you know, but you find their behavior or how they talk to you a little abrasive and, and see if you can meet in the middle. And if you can't, you know, you may have to address it to higher up. They may bring in a mediator. They may bring in an HR consultant. They may have their own internal processes. But um, if you don't say something and it starts eating at your soul, I mean, the next thing you know, you're having all these health problems and you're, you're missing work. And that's a big problem for employers if they don't have safe and healthy, respectful work environments. You start having people take, uh, if they qualify for the Family Medical Leave Act, they're out, you know, it could be out for up to 12 weeks, workers' compensation for stress, them using sick days or annual days. Hey, affects the bottom dollar, it affects production. And it also affects the people who see the bullying, the bystanders are greatly affected, the morale's affected. It, there's so many things that happen when bullying and discrimination happens, and it just doesn't need to happen, and we don't have to put up with it. There Excellent. are solutions. Excellent. Yeah, here's to not putting up with it and knowing what to do about it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, I, I thank you very much for being here. I know I, I learned a lot. I hope all of our, oh, our listeners you. did as well. And uh, once again, Real Men Feels brought to you by the Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more conversations that no one else is having. And despite sabotage, we will talk to you again in all of our future shows. And uh, feel free to reach out to Dawn. Check out her podcast, The Empowered Whistleblower. Yeah. And, uh, you know, wherever you are, speak up for yourselves because yeah. you do have the power. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next week, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Show us some love by visiting realmenfeel.org slash swag or digitaltipjar.com slash realmenfeel. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.